Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening. Welcome to Book Chat. Uh, welcome those who normally attend this call, and welcome to all of you listening on ACB Radio and the Community Channel as well as those who have called in who normally don't get, uh, come on this call. Tonight is a special show for all of us because we, uh, we had an idea put up to our group by one of our, uh, one of our participants, Sharon Howerton, about, well, what if we change our call? And do you think we could have a possible offer to be a guest? And so we uh, thought about it, and we tossed it around for a while, and uh, we read, we read a couple books by this author, um, um, so we're excited. We're excited to uh, to have this opportunity to hear what an author thinks and does when they write a book. And uh, there's some questions that some people have asked that are already presented to the author. So to introduce the, our guest speaker, featured speaker tonight, and the person that we can answer questions to um, is Sharon Howerton. So Sharon, take it away. Okay. Well, thank you, Casey. Well. I have I've read Jody Thomas's books for quite a while, and I love the books. And so um, I subscribed to her newsletter. And back, I think, in November, there was a little note in the newsletter that if anyone wanted to invite her to a book club, she would come. I thought, oh, my gosh, you got to be kidding me. This is awesome. So anyway, I, I did email and got a prompt response back from, I'm not sure who Julia is to you, Jody. But anyway, she she and I have communicated, and then she told me just to communicate with you directly. So I did, and um, so we settled on this date. And um, so here we are. And uh, Jody writes about Texas. She's from Texas. Um, we had sort of a we had sort of a, a joke about that when I called Jody the other day about people talking Texas, and I was telling my former students about that we had today, and we had a quite a laugh about how people from different areas of the country talk differently too. Even within our own city of Chicago, we all talk differently. But in any event, um, we're really so happy to have uh, Jody with us. And uh, the so book that that we uh, that she suggested that we read was Mornings on Main, um, because that was available to all of us on BARD, which is the, the Braille and audio, whatever, I forget, um, recording device that we, a lot of us use. And um, so here we are. Um, I Casey sent me some questions for Jody, and I got some other ones today, which I sent to her. And so, Jody, we are so happy to have you here. Um, we welcome you. Hope you'll feel welcome. And uh, it's yours. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. I'm not. It's nice to talk to, to talk to anybody. I'm a bit. I am uh, like everybody, isolated. So yeah, I. I hope uh, to hear from all of you out there. That'd be wonderful. I um, I want to tell you a little that uh, Mornings on Main was my 49th book, and I've already written three others since then because uh, I have a lot of time on my hands right now. So uh, I'm um, I'm not lonely because I have all these imaginary friends with me. <laughs> And I wanted to tell you uh, a little bit um, about when I first got started and why I got started. First of all, I had two really easy ways uh, for me, an easy path to be a writer. One, 
I come from a long line of Texas liars. Half of my family (laughs) can tell a story and you could have been there when it happened and it will be so different. You won't believe it. So uh, we are, uh, I grew up with um, every holiday sitting on my grandmother's porch, listening to my relatives tell the stories and I think that it influenced me to become a writer, to, to embellish um, stories and to make up stories. So that was fun. And then uh, the second reason is that it's easy for me to be a writer is I come from a long line of liars and I have a very loose grip on reality. At any moment, I can flip out and be talking to somebody that's not in the room. (laughs) And uh, uh, that's always been easy for me. And I think that's why it made school hard to pay attention, because in my mind, I was making up things. I had a little bit of a handicap in that I um, English was my worst subject. I only took the English you had to have to be a teacher. And that's all I took. Uh, I cannot spell at all. I'm a very creative speller, and um, and it's always bugged me that I can't, but I can't. And Julia, you said you talked to Julia, is my assistant, and she's wonderful, and she can spell, and so she everything that goes out, she checks. And you'd think after 50 books I could... Uh, spell, but I can't. And so so that made it a little bit hard uh, for me. Uh, I really didn't think I could be a writer because I never had a teacher who encouraged me uh, to be a writer. And so like most writers, I wrote journals and uh, short stories and just played around for my own entertainment. And then I um, got married and um, had two sons. And I got to thinking, you know, if I could write a book, I might could put them through a year of college. So my original goal was to just write a few books to help them go to college. And um, um, that was that was kind of my goal in, in writing. And I thought it'll take a year. Five years later, after I had taken every every course on writing I possibly could, I had read every book I could on writing. I had uh, gone to several conferences and I'd worked and I'd written. Five years later, I still hadn't sold. At that point, I was I was struggling because I couldn't think of what else I could do to become a writer. By then, I had written rough drafted three or four books, and so I was really working it. But I was real I, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't break through the system. And then um, I heard about a local contest. It was a writer's contest here in Amarillo, Texas, where I live, and I thought. I've been working on this for five years. I'll just jump in. And I entered every category. I even wrote a poem so I could enter every category. And I was so, so sure that I was going to win because, you know, they were. it was a small contest and I'd worked on it and I was just sure. I didn't go to the conference, but I went to the luncheon. 
And at the luncheon, they uh, they announced the winners. And the first category had seven entries in it. And they gave a first, second, third, and three honorable mentions and didn't call my name. <laughs> the book that would eventually win best book nationwide as a historical didn't even place in local contest. I waited through the, all the categories and they never call, called my name. I just got up and left. I didn't know anyone and I started driving home and I decided to stop at the cemetery because I didn't want my kids to see me crying. And so I went to the cemetery and I got out and I started walking and I was thinking I made a mistake all my life. I've wanted to be a writer. I wanted to tell stories and we're not going to be if I can't if I can't win even an honorable mention in a local, I don't have a chance. And as I was walking around, I saw a square uh, of concrete and on this concrete was a about a five foot big bowl of fruit. And I thought that was really weird, but I sat down on the concrete and I was thinking, well, I don't know what to do. I don't, I, because I put so much energy into this and, and my husband, Tom believed in me and I wasn't going to make it. And I looked down and between my feet was the word through. And I thought who would put through on a square in a cemetery. That doesn't make any sense. So I went around the the statue and I, I pulled the weeds out and there was one word on all four sides, one word, and it was triumph comes through perseverance. And I stood up, stood up and I said, that is it, God. I am going to write till I die, whether I ever sell anything or not. They're going to have to pull the pen from my hand to put it in the casket. And so I stood up and I went home. I took the biggest magic marker I could find. And I wrote, triumph comes through perseverance on the wall behind my computer. And I did misspell perseverance. <laughs> I can't even say that word now. But I did misspell that. But that was the start. Three months later, my husband came home. He was teaching too. And he said, look, this summer, there's a national conference in Dallas. You go. And I was so excited. I'd never stayed at a fancy hotel. It was really cool. And he kept the kids. I forgot to say bathe them. But other than that, they did fine. And uh, uh, at that conference, I met an editor and I and I sat down and told her my begin to tell her my story. And she said simply, how fast can you get it to me? After five years of rede rejection, I sold a book, not just one, but I have never had a rejection since. Uh, and I've written for several of the houses and I've loved every one of my editors. And it was fun. But that got me started that idea of sending my kids through college. I realized when I my third book was coming out that I just put my kids through college. And uh, from then on, it was fun 
Uh, I couldn't stop teaching because uh, those of us who are teachers know this. You can't stop. You just, you know, uh, and so when uh, A&M, Texas A&M on the West Texas campus, when they offered me writer in residence, I taught. I I didn't teach classes, but I taught one-on-one. And I have a wall of books from my students. And I think I'm proud as them as I am from, from my own books. But I loved writing. And um, I want to answer any of your questions that you have. And uh, people, um, I think it's hard to understand writers. And if you hang around one, it's even harder because we no two of us are alike. But I've always wanted to tell stories. And people ask me, where do your stories come from? And they come from everywhere. I can go for a walk and ideas popping in my head, but mostly they come from my characters. And it's almost like I'm sitting alone in my study and I'm trying to think of an idea and a cowboy walks in. He's a rancher and he begins to tell me his story. And it's like I'm having a conversation with him. And I love that. And that's how most of the books started. With Mornings on Main, uh, I think I wanted to write a book that had to do with quilting because I have a room in my house, as most of people my age do, that's called the quilt room. And it's got dozens of quilts in it from my great-grandmother back to all my great aunts and everything. There's quilts. And uh, um, my grandmother was born in a covered wagon. And I think about that. Her mother died in the covered wagon. And I'll bet you she was wrapped in a quilt. And so I begin. Behind me is one of the quilts that is not from my family. But I thought uh, your readers might like to to see where this comes from. When I was um, trying to sell, I hadn't sold anything because my husband and I were both teachers and we had little kids. We would could take these long vacations in the summer and we would go uh, different parts of the country, stay with relatives, you know, and uh, have great time. And one year we were going to Washington, D.C. and up there and uh, we were going to pass through Intercourse, Pennsylvania. And I got so excited because I'd heard of the beautiful quilt shops in Intercourse, Pennsylvania. And and it was going to be so much fun. So we marked that as our place. But we went to Washington, D.C. first and I took a fall. um, And so I was on crutches. And there's no air conditioning (laughs) in the stores that the Amish run. So when we got to to the town, I had to limp in on crutches and it was 100 degrees. And we got in and they gave me gloves to to look at the quilts. And I, I had saved all the money that I'd won on contests and I was going to buy a quilt. And I thought, it's going to cost maybe $100. No, these are good quilts. These are beautiful quilts. They cost a lot more than that. And I got there and I found this quilt behind me and I loved it. It was beautiful. It was perfect. And uh, 
I looked at the price tag and it was three times what I could afford. And so there I was on a hot day with crutches crying in the middle of intercourse, Pennsylvania. (laughs) My husband said, I guess we'll get out the card. (laughs) It took us a year to pay it off. But this has always been a special quilt to me. And as I work, it sits on a big chest that is that direction. And the chest was my grandmother's trunk that she brought uh, to Texas. So, so I, uh, excuse me, Jody, this is Sharon. Would you mind describing the quilt for those of us that can't see it? It's a Texas, uh, we call it a Texas star. They may call it something else, but it's one big star and it's all blue. And, uh, the star, uh, it's on a white background and it's a huge quilt. It's, it's made for a queen size bed and it's hand quilted. And my mother hand quilted um, with a group of ladies for probably 30 years or more. And she made many quilts. And so I know how beautiful a hand quilt can be. It's so personal. And uh, I tried to learn to quilt. A lot of people ask me if I quilt and I don't. I'm not very good at it, partly because uh, I don't have a sense of right and left. I'm a little bit dyslexic of that way and I can't do it and uh but my mother used to want me to quilt and I'd quilt with her and then when the quilt shifted she'd pull out my stitches <laughs> so I don't think I, any of them ever learned there but it's it's a it's it's a beautiful um uh I think it's called a Wild, Wildersons uh blue and it's so it's kind of a sky blue and it's a heat one huge star in the center. And uh, um, the I've always been interested in quilts. They've been a part of my life. I can remember laying under a quilt, watching needles go back and forth. Uh, when I'd take my naps, when my mother and her sisters were quilting, seemed like we got a lot of quilts every time anybody had to stay in the hospital because all the relatives had come in and we'd quilt they'd quilt and I never was very good I could piece but I wasn't I wasn't good I'm a writer not a quilter but when I started mornings on Maine I wanted to write generations so it's really about three different generations it's about uh, a woman who's had the quilt for Um, the quilt shop for over 50 years she's going into Alzheimer's and uh, she's forgetting things and they begin to pack up the quilts and they realize that the history of the families in this the town they live in the little town the the history is woven in the quilts and as they read the quilt as they see the quilts they see how beautiful they are and the secrets of the town are also there. <laughs> and she remembers, the grandmother remembers those secrets, but she forgets what she did today. And uh, I'm very f- familiar with Alzheimer's because my mother had Alzheimer's. And the, the, I always thought it was so beautiful that when mom could no longer remember my name, she could still quilt and she'd quilt for hours 
And she also would sing in church because she knew all the songs. And so she could still do that too. And beautifully. And so um, that started the story. And I wanted to write about the grandmother, her son, and um, that's kind of lost himself in trying to take care of all the family and her granddaughter. And her granddaughter's a uh, she's young and finishing high school and wants to go wild. And the grandmother explains to her, think of your life as a quilt. And do you want this guy you're dating to be one of the squares? And the granddaughter says, not really. <laughs> so, but it was, uh, it was fun to write. Morning Sun Maine was a delight to write. Now, do you have a question, Sharon? I was just, um, yeah, I, I did. I, I emailed it to you. But yes, um, one question that I had was uh, a lot of your books have been read um, on Bard and on Audible. Um, do you have any input into the readers that do your books? I've always wondered about that. I don't. And uh, sometimes they call me and I love it when they call me because they have trouble uh answering some of, uh, they, have, they have a little bit of trouble pronouncing names. And uh, here, in, here in Texas, um, um, they sometimes ask words that are pronounced. You know, I, after I started traveling, I figured out everybody has an accent but me. <laughs> I'm the only one that doesn't. <laughs> okay, did you have another question? There is somebody with their hand raised. She's she's had her hand raised for a minute now. Um, Lucy. Lucy, go ahead. Thank you so much. And Jody, thank you so much for coming to us tonight. Um, I've really been looking forward to this. And I don't really have a question, but I just have a comment that, that it really hit home to me when um, Eugenia was getting so, you know, conscious of her Alzheimer's and knowing that her memories were slipping away and then um, when uh, Miss James reminded her of the memory quilt that she had started you know and and said you know this is these are the memories that you have and and you there'll always be with you because you can look at this and it just my sisters had made uh, a memory quilt for my parents when uh, for their 40th wedding anniversary and you know it just had all of our names and dates and um, little embroidered pictures that reminded my parents of us growing up and and it just really like it just really hit home with me and I just thought that was so cool that she was able to calm Eugenia by telling her that. Uh, I, I've done quite a study on quilts and in some parts of the country there's a there, there's a quilt called the uh, the ante, the ancestors quilt, and they give it to a bride, and it's a, it's not a very big quilt, but it's a square, and it's all done in grays and blacks, and all of all of the relatives are in um, squares around the edges, and I think it's so interesting through this woman's life, when she gets the quilt as a bride, when one of the relatives dies, she puts them inside the square. And so at the end of her life, she'll remember all of her relatives that were alive when she married, 
and that have passed. It's like a graveyard, kind of. It's the oddest thing, but I think it's it. It would be a very, very um, treasured, because you'd have all your ancestors' names there that could be passed down. Yeah. But, uh, but I love quilts because almost every quilt has a story. Uh, but this, in, this Casey, in, and I got, um, sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got one question that came to me um, was when you write a novel, do you start with the happy endings first and then go backwards uh, to make that, uh, to, to, to develop that into a happy ending or how does that work? And then she also commented she enjoyed learning about quilting. Uh, no, whenever I start a book, I usually start with the character and, he, and uh, um, I, I, it's almost like I follow him and see his story. And I really believe in the, in the good of people so sometimes I'll start with somebody that isn't particularly liked in town and and I'll develop him. But he about halfway through the book, he takes over and I'm just writing as fast as I can. He's doing what I have, I've invented him to do. My kids are afraid that my characters are so alive to me, they're afraid that I'll name one in the will. <laughs> But uh, I I get very close to my characters. And I remember uh, my first book that sold uh, when I was writing it, um, I, it was the story of a woman who married brothers. So, of course, the first brother was going to have to die. And so when I wrote the chapter where he dies, I went around crying. And every time I'd I would, I sound like I cry all the time. I don't, but uh, 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 one, the boys had their friends over and they walked through the kitchen and I'm just making supper crying. And uh, one of the boys says, is something wrong with your mother? And my son said, no, she just killed Ben again today. <laughs> so sometimes I get very involved with my characters and uh, um it's always fun, but usually ideas come from me from a phrase someone says or a movement I see, uh, like a mother um, holding her child, something like that. It can, it can be that. Um, just You're getting a lot of raised hands, Jody. So um, if it's okay, we can move on to the next person. Um, Carrie, you can unmute. Hi, Jody. I was so excited when I saw your name for this call because you are one of my probably top three authors. Oh. And uh, I have probably listened to the Whispering Mountain series at least four times, probably six or more. <laughs> and and I so so I got to tell you some of the imagery like um, in that book. Drum and Roke, I can just like visualize the the gleam in his eye at times and things like that. I think it is awesome. Um, but but I was a uh, kind of curious. Where did your does does some of your inspiration come from? Some of those family history or the stories that families told over the years, especially for those ones you know based in Texas. Uh, yes, not necessarily my stories, but I'm always asking everybody I meet. I asked kind of different kind of questions than you, not where you live, but what kind of people did you come from? 
you know, I like I like hearing people's family stories. And uh, I wanted to, in Whispering Mountain, um, I wanted to show how hard it was in Texas in the early days. It was um, a historical, that um, very Western, and uh, I could see that ranch with the only way on it being the bridge through the whole series. It was it was very very clear to me in my mind. Okay, and, do we have another another hand raised there? Pardon me. Do we have any other questions? Any other yes, hands? Yes, we have several more actually. Okay. Haley, you can raise your uh, unmute. Hi, Jody. This is Haley from Marysville, Washington. <clears throat> and um, actually what drew me to the book was that relationship and the knowledge that grandmas bring to us. Um, my grandma, I grew up in England and my grandma is one of the most important people in my life and just the stories that she can pass down and share. That's kind of what drew me to the book. And I too have a quilt from Intercourse, Pennsylvania. <laughs> ah. um, my kid's grandma bought it for them um, when my son was adopted she bought it for him for us to have in his room and um, I just love it it's it's got teddy bears that were cut in half and then sewn onto the front of the quilt as part of the teddy bear picnic kind of quilt and, um, and I love it but my question for you is when you're not writing books whose books do you like to read I um in the last few years, I haven't had time to read many books, but uh, I like uh, Demi Maycumber, Robin Carr. Oh, yeah. uh, some of the, uh, I love series, and if someone if is someone working on a series, whether it's historical or uh, contemporary times, mm-hmm. I, I love series. Which is your favorite author? Um, well, this is the first book of yours that I've read, but it won't be my last. Oh, good. Um, and I like Kristen Hanna. Yes. I because do. she's from the Pacific Northwest, and it's neat to read about places that you actually can um, identify with. So I really like her, but I'm looking forward to reading more of yours, and I just wish you a Merry Christmas. Thank you. Thank you. And you can unmute. Yes, thank you. Can you hear me? Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, hello, Casey and uh, Abby. Welcome to this Welcome to this program. I don't think I've ever, it's been a long time anyway, since I've talked to an author. So it's uh, <laughs> nice meeting you. Um, I'm wondering, and and I, I, I have to admit, I had not heard of your books before I started reading this one. And I'm about halfway through it, and I'm finding it to be a lovely book. Um, my question is, have any of your immediate family members, your husband or your son's, inspired ever inspired any of the uh, characters in your books uh of of course um i i laugh and say i think um my first 10 books the hero was my husband (laughs) and uh uh they said when you describe when you describe drummond or when you describe um colin they're all they always you always describe Tom and I think I think that's true. and I also have been very very fortunate to be married to such a wonderful man and uh, we were married uh, uh, 49 years and he passed away of Parkinson's last year but uh, he he didn't read all my books but he drove me everywhere I wanted to go 
he loved history, so that's why I started with historicals. So that must explain how you so eloquently described the love scene between Julia and the and uh, the son uh, in the in the book, because that was really something that when they when they finally decide to get together and she realized what she had. Right, and I think uh, I um, I I don't you know people say you know there's a sex scene in the book. I don't like sex scenes. I like I like love stories. That's how I looked. I didn't think of it as a sex scene. I thought it was a, a very good love story on how somebody fell in love that was alone, was afraid to trust anybody because she was taught not to, and it was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Any other questions? Yes, definitely. Um, Jody, you're popular. Uh, so <laughs> phone number ending in 219. I'm, okay. Hi, my name is Peter Heidi. <clears throat> And um, I'm in Baraboo, Wisconsin. Um, I um, I was introduced to your your uh, writings, with, and I started with the um, um, sure uh, Harmony series. Uh-huh. And and uh, since then, I've read uh, the the uh, Whispering Mountain and um, and the the um, uh, I've I've read a bunch of your stuff. Anyway. Um, and, and in part because I'm a pastor, and I read these uh, as I'm reading these books, um, I I have gotten to sort of categorize them in my head as resurrection stories, um, and and um, and sort of uh, looking at the uh, biblical imagery that you use in in uh, your books, and I'm wondering. Is that intentional or is it a huge coincidence? Part of it is intentional and uh, part of it is the, uh, the way I live, the way I talk. Uh, I had an editor once to try to take out what she called any religious slant. And we talk in here, we talk. I mean, people say things like I'm washed in the blood, you know, and that's not a gross uh, saying that's that's a good saying, <laughs> and and we talk in that. I um, I also it's I think religion is not a thing you do on Sunday. It's a way you live your life, and some of my characters show that, and I like that. I'm glad you read Harmony. Um, it was a lot of people said there are so many characters in Harmony, but I was writing about. Uh, a town. And when I started it, the first character who came to me was Tyler Wright, the funeral home director. And I called uh, my editor and I said, I'm going to write a new series. And the the center character is going to be Tyler Wright. And he's overweight and he's short and he's balding and he's can't get a date. And I said, and you're going to love him. And my editor said, you can never make that guy a hero. And I said, watch me. And, <laughs> and I loved writing Tyler Wright. Yeah, I, um, I, I've just been impressed with, um, I mean, your characters of Jubilee and, um, I mean, just having Crossroads, um, um, Harmony, and uh, some of the other images that and characters that you use that um, I've, um, I mean, I would call you a resurrection romance romance writer. 
I I just want to write people and I want to write full people. You know, sometimes you see a TV movie and they're, they're so one dimensional and there are very few people that are cardboard. Most of them are very developed and I like to write that. And, and, um, that's why I put in the the story of Graham and her friends, Joe, that always comes to the car and checks on her, you know, and uh, um, I think a man and a woman can be just friends for a lifetime. And I wanted to write that story too. Well, do we have any other raised hands? We do. Um, Mary? Hi, Jody. I'm Mary Highland from Columbus, Ohio. Oh, I love where y'all are friends. (laughs) You know, I was just thinking, I wish I lived in Texas because everybody there probably talks like you do, and it's just so charming. I just love your accent. Um, I can relate to your book because my mother was a quilter, and she could have been one of the ladies that met in the quilt shop. She had one friend maybe two that she quilted a lot with. And my house is full of quilts. And I, it it got me thinking, I might have a gold mine in my house with all of the history that she put forth into these quilts. And one in particular, she gave to me as a wedding present and it uh, um, each square represents a part of my life or her life and for instance she has the ohio star and she has the indiana star which is where my roots are and um i think the illinois star and so on and so on um and something from carol um the carolinas because my husband and i lived in charleston south carolina while he was in the navy so uh, there's that. My and my mother also had Alzheimer's. But I I have a, a question. Okay. Also, I have um, self-published two memoirs, and I never dreamed of being rich, much much less being able to put somebody uh, through college. Um, but it's really hard to market um, a, a self-published book and. I wonder if if is it possible for a traditional publisher to pick up a self-published book? Oh, Have yeah. you ever heard of that? Ah, uh, yes, yes, it certainly is. And uh, are your um, are your books? Do they have quilts in them? No, no. One the the first one is about moving my mother into assisted living, so it's a lot about accepting that, the frustrations that go along with that, the lessons that we both learned, and it's called The Bumpy Road to Assisted Living. And the second one is about my life as a blind person, and it's about the way I do things. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm not anything spectacular, but I, I have lived my life, uh, uh, just about like anybody else, only it took me a little bit more work and had to do things a little bit differently. So I called that one Inside Out, One Blind Woman's View of Her Life. 
And I, that one came out right before COVID. So oh. it's been really difficult yes. to, to market. And so I, I, I was thinking maybe I should have just tried this to, to get this to be published by a traditional publisher instead of self-publishing. And yes. I wonder if it's too late. Oh, uh, it, it's not, and they might be interested. Um, uh, I put a, bu- a book out last Christmas that came out again and uh, that um, about a blind uh, baker, and um, uh, it did very well. And I think, uh, I think the reason it did so well was the character was fully developed, and just one thing was that she was blind. And it was uh-huh. called a Christmas Affair because she had never she had never had a boyfriend, and she wanted to fall in love over Christmas. And uh, um, so it's it's interesting how the publishing business works. And book books that I thought were going to break the ceiling didn't, and books that um, I thought were just my idea of what I liked, and they ended up winning i'm in the hall of fame uh for uh uh writing because i've i've won the best book of the year over the years five times and congratulations and i was so shocked when i when uh, i i won the last the last time they that i won and they gave me the award and i was in um uh, georgia and I didn't know any hardly anyone. My editors and there were three thousand people there, and they gave me the award. And I, I was looking for Tom. He was in the back of the room, and I, I, I smiled and waved and started off the stage. And Nora Roberts blocked me and said, "You're not going anywhere." And that's when they put me in the Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. And uh, it was it was very surreal to watch the the writers that had been uh, you know they they were my inspiration were all coming on the stage because I was the 11th person named at, in the hall of fame and all 10 of the others I think were there uh, so, so that do we have any, uh, I don't yeah. want to cut anybody short but do we have yeah, any other hands one, raised yes oh, there's thank you so much well thank you um Yes, there's Marilee. I think I'm pronouncing your name correctly. You have about 15 minutes, yes, you guys. It, hi, I'm Marilee. And Jody, I have read two of your books. And when um, I found out that we were going to read Mornings on Maine, I thought, oh, that's one I've already read. But I read it twice. But I just wanted to make a comment and kind of a question, um, more on the lighter side. I got a real kick out of your character, Joe. And where did you come up with toe tents? That is so ingenious and cute. And I got to say, I was laying in bed last night and I thought, I need a toe tent. Where's Joe? So I just thought that was a cute kind of ingenious thing you threw in there. You know, sometimes I don't know where they come from. Uh, 
And I probably was laying in bed like you, and I sleep on my back, and my toes were sticking up, and they were pushing against the covers. There you go. So, and my editor says she's still wanting us to. uh, Uh, Toto, maybe you ought to try um, a sideline and manufacture them. (laughs) Or, or put out a special edition of the book mornings on Maine and the book comes with your own toe tent. <laughs> you might make a lot of money off of that. I feel like I got two or three jobs already. So maybe. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. I, I totally enjoyed it and oh, thank, thank you. you for coming. And I liked, I like Joe because uh, in the quilt, there was a line that went through her life and he was the shadow of her line always there. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Do we have any other hands? Yes. Diana Moriega. You may mute. Well, I wanted to thank you for joining us this evening and it's been very enjoyable. I live in Columbia, Missouri and um, (laughs) I am self-publishing a book. It's about ready to go to press. Um, because my mother will turn 90 in February, and it's not a good time to travel. She lives in California. I live in Missouri. So I wanted to do something to make her birthday special. So I had a lot of, I've, I've been a writer ever since I was a child, but most of my stuff is to miss published in magazines and, you know, um, anthologies and here and there and newsletters and wherever. I mostly just give it away (laughs) because it's just what I do. It's kind of my own kind of mental health (laughs) therapy. If if something bugs me, I write about it. If something makes me laugh, I write about it. It's just what I do with the stuff that runs around in my head. And I don't really look for people places to publish it but every now and then I'll see a call for requests and I'll send a piece off and then they'll publish it and I'm always a little surprised so I get that kind of mind thing that you do because that's the way mine does too um I wrote a story based on my grandmother who is a four foot eleven chain smoking um catholic who swore a lot and she (laughs) raised 10 kids and in my story, I was walking down the street one day and I heard someone say, I wish, in this very whiny voice. And so I had this little wishing well water sprite where people keep throwing their coins in and they're wishing for stuff. And she's getting really impatient with them. And she just, my grandmother always used to tell us when we were whining about something we didn't have, well, wish in one hand and spit in the other and see which one gets filled the fastest. Because she had no patience with um, whining. You know, if you want something, you go do it, something about it. (laughs) So I thought that um, um, there's a connection between us. um, (laughs) All of all, because that's the way my head works, too. I just jump from one silly thing to another. And sometimes it'll be a poem or an essay or a story. And so. I see all all over the country when writers get together and meet, it's like they found a uh, kindred spirit 
And we can be from different backgrounds. We can be writing different things, but we recognize each other. There's kind of maybe a insanity about us. <laughs> I think so. You live a lot in your head. <laughs> right. But I, I, I find that true. And, and when writers are at conferences, uh, you can go up to any group and just join it. You're, you're always welcome. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate your joining us this evening. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. And we have about eight minutes left. Uh, so we have any other hands raised? Yes, we have um, one last person. And then after this person, I'd like to make a comment to Jody. Um, Mickey? have to unmute yourself, probably. Hi, this is Mickey. I'm from Texas. And I just really enjoyed the honor that they showed Eugenia um, when she had that final day in the stitch in time and she sat there and people came into the store as it was being shut down and she had the say as to when it was over. Oh, I like that too, because you saw the stories that she told in the quilts come alive. Some of those were the people that she wrote the stories about. Yeah. Yes. And the other thing that I really enjoyed was the bed and breakfast owner, the T-shirts that she wore. <laughs> and I I looked forward to seeing what the next shirt was going to be. And so that was really nice that you included that. <laughs> that was just for fun. They were aprons, yeah. weren't they? Yeah, they were aprons. Yeah, they were aprons. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you. I enjoy your books. Thank you very much. And it means a lot to me. Uh, anybody that reads my books, I'd love it if you just click in on jodythomas.com and leave me a message because writing uh, uh, is a lonely business and you don't know always how, how you're doing. And sometimes you need just a pat on the back. So uh, I'd love that. Or if you have an idea for a character, drop in. I may be, may be looking for one. <laughs> Casey, I apologize. This is Jeanette. My hand's been raised. Yes, I, I was missed. about to call you next. Yes. Um, I, I, I had been up and I think it got put down because you said there were no more hands and I had to put it up again. So Go ahead and ask a question. Um, my question is a really simple one. And I have to tell you, this is the first book of yours I've read. That's one of the things I love about book clubs is hearing of authors I might not have uh, notice in the past. You said when you first started writing that an editor said, get the book to me immediately and I will um, see what I can do. And after that, everything you did got published. What was it that made the difference according to that editor's view that turned it around for you? Um, I think that when I met her, uh, she was looking for an authentic Texas writer that could write. And I'm fifth generation Texans. So, um, I mean, I'm about as real as it gets. I mean, mm -hmm. I, if you, if we met, um, uh, I, I limped slightly from being thrown from the horse. So, um, I'm, I'm about as Texas as you get. <laughs> and I think that she looked for that. And um, my first book sold and 
my and the second one went up for bids because everybody that saw the first one wanted the second one and I don't know why they all turned it down I mean uh, an editor that um, had written me a two-page rejection letter uh, later bought my third book on a bid yeah so it's it's just a it's a weird game And, and there's a lot to be said for timing and just somebody seeing the good in what you do that makes a difference Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. We have one more person if they're pretty quick. Casey, if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. We got three minutes. So be be concise if you can. Karen? Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm Karen. I'm from New York City. Um, I just wanted to thank you for coming this evening. Um, I read two of your books and I enjoyed them, but I think I enjoyed even more hearing from you and how you formulate your books and that type of thing. So thank you again for coming. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, and that was the last hand raised. And uh, I'd just like to say personally, my name is Hayal and I'm, I live in Western Washington. It is so great to hear from an, uh, an author that's from Texas. I'm, I was born and raised in Texas and I always look for authors. So I'll definitely be putting you on my personal to read list on Goodreads. Um, so. Thank you for coming. Great. I, um, you know, it took me a long time to realize that sometimes somebody that wasn't kin to me was re- reading a book. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. so one one mystery in the book is, uh, and, and I wonder how authors do this, uh, the father never comes. Right. But we don't know what happened to him. That's because uh, uh, there will be a third book, but the but. COVID is slowing it down. Oh, okay. Eventually, there'll be a third book. Yeah. The second book is the, uh, about a tea shop, and it's called The Little Tea Shop on Main, and it's about three women uh, that uh, have tea when they're five years old, and they decide that they will have tea together uh, uh, the rest of their lives. And it's about how different they are and how they affect each other's lives through through the time they're growing up till till they're in their thirties. Yeah, and, I believe that was one of them that year. Julia suggested, and that was not on the uh, the library for the, uh, the right. National Library Service website. But uh, so hopefully that'll come soon. Yeah, it will be soon. Yeah. Uh, so well, we're just about done here. So I want to thank you, Jody. For coming to the show. I want to thank all the participants, both the uh, ones who have been on the call and those on ACB radio. Our next call will be on January 4th. We are reading Little Fires Everywhere, DB89018. So join us on January 4th at 9 p.m. if you want to have a good chat. And so thank you again, Jody. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, ACB, for giving us the opportunity to be on this show. Good night, everybody. Have a happy holiday season and stay safe. Merry Christmas. Thank you. you. Merry Christmas.